My name is Shorsha Dunbar and I'm your host. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Adventure Games podcast. And uh, yes, I am back. The attempted usurpers, Laura and Kieran, they have been dealt with. They tried to take over the podcast. They tried to have an attempted coup, uh, much like in a certain game that we've played, Suzerain, which we'll be talking about uh, in a little while. But I am back, and I'm not the only one who's back. Thomas, you're also back. How are you? I'm good, and I'm not going to be talking about Suzerain, <laughs> just to make sure that people, you know... This is not a suzerain podcast. <laughs> it is an adventure game podcast. I mean, so that, that's I will discuss in some other games. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's an idea right there. Uh, <laughs> a suzerain podcast. Yeah, you can you can go ahead. We were not uh, uh, supporting that attempted coup at all in <laughs> any capacity. No, I was conveniently out of the country and into another country. So was so, I. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I was I was moving uh, from uh, Ireland to the Netherlands and uh, my move is now uh, done. I will be moving again later once I uh, know where to move to. So uh, for now I'm living in the east of the country and uh, got my PC set up and uh, I can podcast again. Very good. Well, we'll be uh, hearing from you. You'll be giving us uh, your thoughts uh, on Dredge, which we have covered, but you've also played it, and Acolyte, I believe. Yes, that's a game I just I started, so I'm going to give you my first impression. Lovely. and But that's not all. Uh, we are joined by a new person, another new person on the podcast. Uh, new voice. I am having, uh, shall we say, I am creating my own cabinet, you could say. Um, Matt Latham. Now, you may have heard of Matt. Uh, first of all, hello, Matt. How are you? I am fine. I am glad to be here to basically on the Laura. I think I don't know what I don't know what you did, <laughs> but apparently I was I was ushered in very very quickly to. Oh, I wasn't supposed to mention that. Because oh yeah yeah yeah. We don't need to mention that. Yeah yeah. No, we needed a, a very quick replacement. As I said, the usurpers they have been uh, dealt with. We don't need to go too much to how they were dealt with. While um, myself and Thomas were very conveniently away, um, but yeah, uh, but we still wanted the we still wanted the British accent on the on the podcast. Absolutely yeah. yes, we still needed on, a, on the on, on the token Brit on the token <laughs> Yes. Uh, but uh, but actually, uh, now hopefully, ta- hopefully, Laura and Kieran might be listening to this. But if they are, thank you. Yes, this is the. I don't know. Someone coming over me saying thank you, Laura and Kieran, for uh, recording for last month's uh, podcast. Uh, I, I think they actually did a great job last month. Uh, I don't know what that says about at least me, but uh, thought they were fantastic. Did you guys listen? I was like, yeah, I thought it was the best episode of the podcast. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> okay, Matt, I think uh, something needs to be done about you. Thomas, we're <laughs> going to do something about Matt. Uh, <laughs> well, he was he was quite on point. I mean, uh, but uh, yeah, it was really weird to actually listen to a review episode uh, and not knowing what was going to be said because this was the first time I uh, I, I wasn't there. So uh, I listen to the whole thing. Normally, if I if I you know if I'm there, then I just listen to the beginning and then oh, it sounds good, and then I skip it because <laughs> I know exactly what's going to be said. So I don't need to listen to the whole thing again. But this was fun to listen to. 
Yeah, likewise. I was driving home the night that I listened, and it was the first time on the Adventure Games podcast about five years later, nearly 200 episodes later, and the very first time that I had no idea what was going to be said, because I did not tell Tom or Laura and Kieran what to say, what to talk about. I had no idea, and... but. Like Matt said, it was probably the best episode. So um, I really, really enjoyed listening to the two of them talk. So if uh, people would like to listen to just, um, first of all, apologies. Uh, I'm I'm back. Hopefully we'll try to be, uh, well, try to be nearly as good as uh, Laura and Kieran. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I can listen to the review Dredge. They reviewed, I can't remember at this stage, plenty of other games. Grund, uh, Lost in Play, and plenty, plenty more. But we're going to talk about different games. Um, Matt, you're going to talk about, uh, remind us, what games are you going to review? Um, I'm going to be talking about Murderous Muses and Dreams in the Witch House. Lovely. Well, look forward to hearing that. And you also, very, very briefly, you also have your own uh, podcast, Matt. Is that correct? Well, one of them, at least. Yeah, I've got too many. But um, the relevant one for your listeners, for the listenership of this podcast is the Ask Us About Loom one, which um, um, I think you've, like, like degraded yourself to come on to, so... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I I tried to uh, to bring it down from from within. I think I failed both times. Uh, your podcast is still going strong, um, <laughs> and you 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 joined this podcast. You try to do the same, I believe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like if I thought I might be in a chance of getting rid of some competition. So absolutely, uh, no yeah. One. You know, well, you know what to say. Keep your friends close and keep your enemies closer. So you've now joined this this podcast. You know, can't be any closer. <laughs> Um, but um, but yeah. So before we get into the reviews, shall we head into the news? It's not a huge amount because we're on kind of limited time uh, this this week. But uh, two quite big uh, news items as well. Um, now, Matt, you ca- you came on when you joined a few weeks ago. Uh, wh- what did he say that you tried to get uh, get the suzerain out of beer? <laughs> Yeah, so your late yeah, so the latest episode of my podcast was you coming on to talk about Suzerain for about two hours. I said to everyone, Don't worry, um so she will not be talking about Suzerain anymore. He's out he's all Suzerain days, I've got it out of his system. There is no possible way or anything that this universe can do to get to so she to basically start talking about Suzerain again. And Top All Games had another <laughs> had a, other ideas. Yes, so at uh, just that day, I believe, Torpor Games had uh, quite a big announcement. Um, Now, I have here, you guys will be delighted to know, I have a list of all of the... Uh, all of the characters, backstories of the characters of Suzerain, all of the political organizations, all of the locations. Um, What I go through that, Matt, do you have any details of what was announced or... I mean, I can talk about that as well if you wish. <laughs> <laughs> well, th- there's kind of two. Yes, there's a two part, two part one. Um, so the first bit was an update to the, the main game itself, called the 2.0 Amendment Update, which he, which allows for quite a few uh, additional things, including manual saving, uh, which means that you can actually go back and if you yes. make a decision, you can go back. The clever thing there being is that it only gets unlocked after you play the game once so you have to kind of play the game the traditional way however when you play it again you have the option of saving and going back so if you make certain choices you can go back to a certain point and make different ones which i think particularly for replayability encourages that which i'm really quite looking forward to and 
the personal one that I'm quite looking forward to is the world map integration, which mm. I think hopefully suggests that we'll see the whole flipping planet. <laughs> yeah, because uh, I mean, I mean, first of all, I think everyone knows my thoughts. Anyone listening to this knows my thoughts on manual saving. Personally, I would have liked it if uh, you know they could have added the manual saving before you you play through it. But I can understand it is a choice based game, so they don't want you to save scum. Uh, but there are ways around it. I'm not going to go into it because I've said it many, many times with manual saving um, on this podcast already. But yeah, there are with Suzerain 2.0. Um, as you mentioned, it also delves into the constitutional amendment. Uh, Bluedish rights, so Bluedish are the uh, kind of minority group in the game and former presidents. And as you said, it'll include uh, a world map because in the game, Suzerain, we only see a small portion of that world and it, it is kind of like a uh it's like our world but it isn't our world and so i'm really curious to know to see the world the world map to see more of this world as well mm-hmm. um and this will be out today announce any release date um i can't I see find one yeah so i, I think uh, because first of all they also announced uh, a new a dlc Called Suzerain Kingdom of Rizia. That how you say it? Rizia, Rizia. Ri- well, um, you heard about that, Matt, as well. Yeah, the Kingdom of Rizia, which is basically like the, the closest you probably get to a sequel in this world, or at mm. least the way they're expanding the universe. So, so you are you will play King Romus Taurus of Rizia, which in um, four years before. Uh, the events of the original game where you'll be playing a, a monarchy um, dealing with different kinds of geopolitical issues, foreign policies um, a royal family who may or may not want your throne um, and yeah it's like a different kind of government that you deal with when whilst in Swordland so, um, but the interesting thing is they mention very very briefly uh, interactions with foreign powers which I'm assuming means that you'll get to interact with, I think, Tarquin Saul, Saul from mm. Swordland at some point as well. So, yeah, the uh, yeah, this is quite exciting stuff for Suzerain fans. Yeah, so this will be set four years before the events of the main game. And, uh, and yeah, as you mentioned, it's probably kind of similar, but this time you play as a king and not as an elected president. <laughs> um, so, and all that that brings to it as well. So, uh, so I think, uh, you guys will probably be happy to hear and, uh, probably anyone listening is that I won't be going through all of the backstory of all of the characters and the possible theories and everything because, um, we will hopefully have the developer of uh, Suzerain Ada, who will hopefully be joining the, us on the podcast uh, in a few weeks, and um, that will be up as well. So uh, I'm not sure he knows what he's getting himself in, into, to be <laughs> honest. But <laughs> 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 but we will include links uh, to well, Suzerain at the Kingdom of Rizia has a Steam page, so include links to that and the original Suzerain as well. So if you've already bought Suzerain, the main game, I believe this. Uh, Suzerain 2.0 will be a free update, I believe. And then Suzerain Kingdom of Rizia. Um, do you have to... Uh, I don't know if you get this 
I think you need to get to to Sue's suzerain as well. But we'll get all of this on future episodes for people who want to listen uh, to our interview with Ada as well. Uh, so, um, is that enough uh, suzerain news, Thomas? Is there anything else that uh, that happened that you might be interested in? Uh, so, uh, sorry, sorry. Oh, um, I'm sure you were listening to I, to us, right? You listened to everything I, that Matt I, and I, I said. Dozed, I dozed off. The, oh no, we're going to sleep immediately when I heard suzerain. Yeah, sorry, we're, we're going to say all that again, Matt. We're going to say oh. okay. So. <laughs> oh, oh no, you, you can, to, you can listen, listen to the podcast then. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. That's exactly. Fair. Uh, so, anything else happened, Thomas? Uh, any other adventure game announced or any release dates that might interest you? Well. I believe there was some news about the Expanse mm-hmm. Telltale game. Yes. Uh, we got a release date for the Expanse mm-hmm. a Telltale series, which, uh, which launches on July 27th. So not long left for PlayStation 5, PS4, Xbox uh, Series X, S, Xbox One, and PC via the Epic Game Store. Uh, oh, I'm sure people will be delighted with that. Um, that's an exclusive. That, yeah. That's, uh, it's like a Star, Star Trek game, which is probably already released at the time that this episode goes out. The new Star Trek game uh, is an Epic uh, Store exclusive on PC. Um, so but uh, so hopefully we'll be able to review that game coming up. Uh, also, you can pre-order both the standard and the deluxe edition. Uh, you can uh, uh, pre-order those from June the 1st, 2023. If you pre-order, uh, you will get 24-hour early access, and players who purchase the deluxe, the, deluxe, the, the deluxe edition will also receive future DLC. We don't know much about uh, the future DLC, but the interesting thing about this is once this game is released the follow- on July 27th, the following four episodes will be released every two weeks after the first one drops on July 27th, which, uh, yeah, this is kind of, epi- I mean, it is episodic, but thankfully you don't have to wait as long as previous uh, uh, Telltale episodes um, as well. So, um, well, I know, Thomas, you'll be, you'll be playing, the, you'll be buying this game day one, I believe. Yeah, probably, yeah. Yeah, because you've seen because the series... I'm a, yeah. I'm I'm a huge fan of the Expanse. I've read all the books. I've seen this, the show three times now. Um, it is one of the best, um, yeah, science fiction shows slash books uh, series ever. It is it is fantastic, and I can't wait to uh, to see what they're going to do. Uh, I think it loans itself well for the Telltale format. Um, yeah, it looked it looked great from what I've seen. I think all the original voices are in it. So yeah, I can't wait to get back into the uh, Expanse universe, literally. Yeah, uh, I mean, I've only seen the first season. I finished reading the second book, which was just as good as the first one, and I can't wait to get to the third book. Uh, Matt, have you seen the, the Expanse TV series or read the books by any chance? I, I'm, I, it's a massive, massive blind spot to me. I have absolutely <laughs> no idea about what it's about whatsoever apart from the fact that it's set in space um i've got no no knowledge of it whatsoever oh uh, interesting um well i mean if you like sci-fi because this is 
you know, this is really good. If you do like sci-fi, then I would recommend that you, you watch the TV series. It's not for everybody. Um, I think most people I know have really enjoyed it, but um, our lovely editor, Jared, I uh, believe he said he hasn't seen it, but he said it's not really for him. So, you know, other opinions are available, but I would say definitely I'd recommend the series and the books, um, especially if you like sci-fi. I think you'll probably like it, but then again, you know, it mightn't be for everyone. But uh, we will be reviewing it on the podcast. I'm sure Thomas and I will be talking about the games or the game oh, the episodes. I'm, I'm <laughs> sure about that. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah. So, uh, look, that, again, links uh, to that will be in the show notes. So that's the two biggest pieces of news. Um, anything else you guys wanted to talk about before we got into the episode to the reviews themselves? Um nothing from me oh, apart from the fact I think you, you briefly mentioned I think Star Trek Resurgence which I'm actually quite looking forward to so mm. uh, myself so yeah I, I didn't realise it was it was only very recently that I realised it was actually a Telltale influenced well it was yes it Telltale I forgot to mention that staff on it yeah yeah former Telltale staff, staff. Yeah. this is like a face off between former Telltale staff and a sci-fi yeah. off between Star Trek versus the expanse so i mean we'll probably be reviewing hopefully the three of us can get together again in a couple of few weeks or well next month or whenever we've played these games and we can compare notes on both of these games yeah Mm -hmm. um i wanted to uh mention something as well okay because um you know i was a big fan of midnight suns marvel's midnight suns yes which is the um, um, XCOM uh, style uh, Marvel game where you uh, battle the forces of Lilith and you uh, use different uh, different heroes to do it. Um, so I already played out the the main game, which was great, and all the the four DLC. Um, the last DLC has dropped, so um, four new characters: uh, Deadpool, Morbius. Um, uh, Venom and uh, uh, Storm, or Roman Rowe from the X-Men. So Storm was the most, most recent one, and also a really cool, uh, really cool DLC, um, really adds to the game. So if you're still thinking uh, about maybe buying the game, you should. You should play it, but you should also, uh, I would recommend highly to uh, buy the edition with all the DLC added to it. Um yeah, if you if you're into this kind of game, you'll love it. If you're into Marvel, you'll you'll have a great time. Cool. Uh, thank you very much. So that's Marvel's Midnight Suns, um, which you spent a lot of time playing. I believe you put in a lot of hours into that. <laughs> Almost three hundred hours. Wow, that's uh, that's more than what I've played probably in in a year or two years. That's uh, that's a lot. <laughs> but you like that's this really? <laughs> yeah, it's it's besides it's it's a really cool game. It's also very easy to just you know play one or two missions mm. and it'll take you 45 minutes you know so um yeah i, I just i have it on my it, it works very well on the steam deck so uh when my uh, when i'm sitting downstairs and my mom is watching something i take out the steam deck and i can just play it uh, right there and uh have fun with it and just play one or two or three missions and yeah cool Oh, Before well. you know what you're in, you're 300 hours in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very, very easy to play. You know, spend a lot of time in you know these games that you know, especially when you know they're that addictive, and, and on the Steam Deck as well. It's <laughs> I love the Steam Deck. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm very, very um, delighted to see that people are now uh, actually, um, yeah, adding to their reviews that if it's 
how it plays on the Steam Deck. Yeah. Or if it, if you can if you can play it on the Steam it's Deck at playable. all. You know, <laughs> and how playable it is. It's it's I yeah, if I can play it on the Steam Deck, I'm going to be playing it on the Steam Deck. <laughs> yeah, no if uh, if if at all possible. Uh well, thanks for that, Thomas. Now, um before we get to reviews, just wanted to remind everyone, we um there are different ways if you wanted to help this podcast. We are an independent podcast, uh, no outside funding at all uh so uh we have a patreon so if you wanted to help us out you can uh do so if you so wish and as extras you would be getting uh, uh well these kind of episodes at least 24 hours in advance some extra recordings as well so you have um before my interview with roberta williams you have about 10 15 minutes of her and ken williams now we're you know, preparing the interview now, it was being recorded on their end so it's not, nothing to worry about there I wasn't secretly recording them but it was just you know having a chat with the two of them uh, so that was on our Patreon and uh, spoiler special interviews with developers um, as well if you wanted to hear and there'll be other stuff uh, we know we'll be doing later on in the year as well once we have time um, and uh, and so that is patreon.com forward slash adventure games podcast uh, if you are interested now again if you're unable to that is perfectly fine other ways you can help uh, is you can um, uh, you can share uh, the links to these uh, episodes because you know I I don't like doing it myself because I don't like to spam uh, other channels so if other people do it uh, it's really really helpful um, also leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts on Google wherever you can leave a review really really helps us as well it really helps us get the word out about not only this podcast but about the games that we review and developers that we interview and um and uh, and yeah, now as you guys don't know if I've told you guys before, but I have been to Croatia and I've been to uh, London. Uh, I wasn't just going there on holidays and you know sunning myself, but I was there for the reboot developed blue in Croatia and the WASD in London. And while I was there, well, in the WASD, it did several interviews, uh, and they would be uploaded on every Monday. And I did some interviews at Reboot Developed Blue. I think they've all been. Uploaded now the ones I did reboot develop blue. I did a presentation with Tony Warner, the developer, of course, of Broken Sword and uh, Beneath the Steel Sky. We spoke about the fall and rise of adventure games. Now I know a couple of people told me about the audio for that one in particular. I am working on improving the audio, and hopefully I can have a transcription uh, at some point. But um, I am working on improving the audio. The audio again, we don't have as much control in those situations, but I will do what I what we can to make. Make it uh, as audible as possible, um, and uh, you know, try and remove as much background noise as possible. But uh, but yeah, hopefully people uh, enjoy them all the same as well. So uh, so yeah, and also check out uh, Matt's podcast. Ask us about Loom. <laughs> I don't think I destroyed it, despite my best intentions. It's still going, and there being new episodes coming up as well. Is that right, Matt? It is. Yes. Um, at the moment, I'm currently in the in uh, the hiatus between seasons. I am planning a second season of regularly scheduled episodes later on in the year. We've recently had uh, an episode on. Um, sorry, Thomas. Uh, Sue's rain. Uh, <laughs> um, I've, I'm planning another kind of special episode about the other my other favourite game of last year, which was Immortality. Um, which will be out in the next couple of months, and then from about September, I'm looking for I'm looking for to airing kind of about the second season, like once every fortnight, 
for a few weeks. So yeah, so planning plan the second season's in full planning mode. Cool. I'm well, nothing against suzerain, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> that, <laughs> let, me, let me make it clear that uh, that is uh, suzerain hater. A, a fantastic game, apparently. I just. I'm just making fun of Sersha Suzerain's addiction. So, <laughs> no, noted Suzerain hater Thomas, um, who, who no, 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 no. <laughs> I noted mist hater. I'll accept that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll actually be reviewing a firmament, but not us. Uh, it'll be Kieran, who has actually played the Myth games. Uh, so he'll be giving whatever he takes about it. He'll be giving a fair crack of the whip at the game. Uh, so, uh, so we won't be accused of just hating on the game because we don't like myth. I've only played 10 minutes of the first game. Um, so I don't think you could call it hating it, but yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah. So, um, Th- Thomas, I-, I believe now we've covered Dredge. Uh, Kieran and Laura both played it and I believe they both really, really enjoyed it. The Lovecraft fishing game, which I, I didn't think those would go well together. But Thomas, since then, you've also played it. So what, what did you think about it? I loved it. It is probably my favorite game of the year so far. Mm. Um, it's magnificent. It is playable on Steam Deck. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's uh, good to know. Yeah, it's very, very well playable on Steam Deck. Its atmosphere is, is great. There is a, a very compelling story. The ending is, is um, yeah unexpected. Uh, very Lovecraftian. It's challenging when it should be. And... Um, it's it's just fun to explore and uh, to <laughs> it's fun to fish. To be honest, to find all these weird fishes, these normal fishes and their weird uh, aberration uh, aberrations of it. Yeah, I've I've had an incredible amount of fun with this game. Uh, I couldn't I couldn't put it down. I really couldn't put it down until I uh, until I finished it. So yeah, I was um, very 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 happy with this game. Oh, that's. Great, great to hear because uh, I think Kieran and, and Laura, as I mentioned, they loved it as well. Um, now, Laura did say, I think, that there was some kind of action bits or some pl- place where you could die. She did specifically say that I probably wouldn't like it because of that. Um, wh- how did you find it? Because I know that, I mean, you're better than me at uh, action parts generally. But how did you find it those de- parts? It depends on um, what you call action. Like there, you're sailing a boat, and sometimes you have to uh, avoid some some things. Uh, the fishing bit is like um, it depends on what kind of fish you're trying to catch, but it's usually like you, you have a um, circle, and in that circle there are certain parts are like green, and then the the cursor goes around that circle and you just have to press the button when it hits the green thing. You can also choose not to, which was which is perfectly fine. It just takes forever to fish. So you you just speed the fishing up by making sure you um you reel in by pressing when the cursor hits the green thing. And for certain fish that's very difficult, for other fish that's very simple. That's basically most of the uh most of the action bits. Uh, there are it's it's like a mini game, and I, I didn't think it was difficult at all. Uh, yeah, okay. I, of course I missed a few a few times because that's part of the game. But uh, and <laughs> and and I, I crashed it. Uh, uh, I crashed the boat as well. But yeah, it's just learning how to how to sail how, how to drive your boat. Then uh, it's going to be okay. I think you will not have any. If you were to play it, you wouldn't have any issue with the. Uh, but the, the the action bits, no. Okay, 
Uh, well, good, good to hear then. So uh, that's the first of the Lovecraft games that we'll be discussing today. So as I mentioned, uh, Kieran and Laura went into a lot of detail about this game. Non-spoiler, by the way, um, to uh, talk about the game as well. But delighted to hear that, that you really enjoyed it. As you said, this is so far probably your game of the year. It's going to take a very, very good game to knock this game off the first place at the moment. So if you're listening to us in like eight months and uh, or nine months, you're listening to our Game of the Year edition. If you're listening, the chances are that I have this game on my number one spot because I do think it is uh, it is part of the adventure game genre. Well, I better get to it then. I better start playing it then <laughs> before, <laughs> before then. I think you could you are going to enjoy it very much. And how long did it take you to finish the game? I, I did like I did my best to collect everything because, uh, you know, I'm very much of exploring and collecting. And there were like, I was missing like a couple of fish that I, that I hadn't found yet. So I waited to, uh, with finishing it until I found all, I did all the, all the quests. I, I got all the fish. You don't need to do that in order to, uh, to finish the game but i for me that was part of the of the allure of the game so i did do that and then eventually it took me let me look that up very quickly uh where are you here it took me i, I played the game for four, 35 hours wow 35 okay that's a long game <laughs> and yeah, i took my time mm. that's one thing i also uh, finding certain fish took a long time uh, again, I wasn't necessary to uh, to do that to to finish the game, but I, I I specifically waited with finishing the game until I had done all that because I wasn't sure I could go back to doing that once I finished the game. Turns out you can. So even if you finish the game, uh, you can still uh, do certain things. But I wanted to have it all done, and there are still five achievements I haven't unlocked because I don't know what they are. So <laughs> I need to I need to look. Uh, I need to look into that, but uh, yeah, it's uh, I, it's just I think it goes to show how much uh, I I enjoyed this game. Uh, I, I thought it was I, I spent less time on it than thirty five hours. Uh, I could easily spend thirty thirty five more hours on it. Cool. Uh, well, again, delighted to hear. We'll include again links to Dredge as well, and uh, uh, and again, people can check it out uh, if they so wish. So, uh, thank you, Thomas. So, Matt, now uh, you've also played a couple of games, as we mentioned, and I believe you're going to start um, about uh, Murderous Muses. What can you tell us about this game? So, Murderous Muses is the fourth game from, and I, can never, I never know if I'm pronouncing this correctly, <laughs> uh, Diavecki. Yeah, Diavecki. we'll go from Diavecki, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, who um, who create who did um, the infectious Ma- the, the infectious madness of Doctor Decker, shape-shifting detective, and uh, Dark Knights of Palm Monroe um, games. I really love uh, like I think a top tier FMV games, and they've come in with uh, Murderous Muses, which is the fourth their fourth game, which uh, basically you're um, a kind of not not a watchman. I think you're just employed to sit in an art gallery overnight, three nights on the trot, just to basically make sure no one steals any of these like paintings that were painted from uh, an artist called Mordecai Gray, who was murdered. Uh, it was murdered a year beforehand, and the general gist is is that you walk around just putting paintings up and 
what then what happens is that when you're you've got paintings of six people and when you hang them up um they start quote unquote coming to life or start playing sort of fmv uh fmv clips and eventually you are you're kind of tasked of think figuring out who killed mordecai gray through that and you're just walking around a 3d gallery putting paintings up trying to collect clues to solve this murder and doing a very doing some very very brief puzzles so okay so it's it sounds like it's a boat to walking around 3D environments and uh, FMV then. Is that the FMV in the paintings? Yeah, so you are pretty much um, have, just walking around a kind of 3D gallery. Um, and not exactly, it's not a spoiler to say that you've got um, a day and a night. And when you get to a night section, that's when you have these paintings that when you put them onto a wall, they will come to light they kind of like start playing fmvs but it's not like a full screen thing you're you're watching these in the painting so you kind of like you can like step back and just watch them on the wall so to speak um but you've got like this 3d gallery that you can walk around pretty much at will so you can probably you can so you can just hang a painting the video starts playing and you can walk off and just watch it from a distance that is that kind of 3d immersion walking around so it's yeah, so it's it's slightly different to how um, previous Tveki games have been, whereas like they've been more or less kind of either text passes or kind of static images. You are fully walking around a three D arena the whole time, even as video clips are playing. Okay, and I believe um, Rupert Bush uh, said here he played uh, Detective Salisbury. He was in Contradiction as well as he was in the other games, wasn't he? Um, yeah, he was in Contradiction, which wasn't a Debecky game, which I keep forgetting, actually. Oh, I thought uh, it was. My, my mistake. No, it's not. No, um, it's not. I, I can't remember off the top of my head who created it, which is bad form for me. But um, he was definitely he was in The Shapeshifting de- Detective as another police detective. Um, so, oh, um, I know who he is, Dan. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, he was um, He was Chief DuPont in um, in Shapeshifting Detective and, like... Quite, quite, become quite popular because of that, and um, yeah, but you don't see him on screen; you just hear his voice. But which is enough for me to headcanon that it's Jenks from Contradiction doing the questioning. <laughs> so in my head, in my head, this connects. This is part of the Contradiction universe because I so want him to be Jenks again. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's in that as well. Um, other familiar face I can think of. Um, there's Clement. Clemens, oh, I can't remember his surname. It's basically Poe from Shadow Detective. He appears as a uh, as like a kind of documentary host because you'll because you'll see clips of the uh, this documentary about the death of this artist as you walk around. He plays that and um, the basically how you know how John Ratzenberg he, he appears in every single Pixar, Pixar yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you got Ashlyn Death or Ashlyn Death with the posture. I can never again. You see posture. I'm not sure how you pronounce them. But um, Ashlyn Death um, appears in uh, this game again because she was in Doctor Decker as Mariana she, and been in the previous two as Violet. She appears in again as Lilith. Um, so yeah, so she's pretty much four for four on the Eveki as well. So we've got a couple of familiar faces in the FMV world. 
Okay. So, uh, what what did you make of this um, of this game as a whole? Then, did it work for you, or what, how did you feel? What did you think of it? So this this is the, this is the part that kind of like let it down a bit. Which um, I've I've clocked about three and a half hours on it, and I'm on my second playthrough now. What I found with this is it's very hard to understand what you're supposed to be doing. It seems to be very... It doesn't tell you anything about what's what you're trying to do. And I think the game's trying to be kind of... Like, let, let the player explore and figure out what's going to happen. But I got to about day three before I realised what exactly was happening. Night three before what was happening. Because you can just... Because you've... Because you're putting up pictures... Um, because you're putting up pictures, which I did accidentally... Uh, at first I didn't realise you could do that um, and you're supposed to push buttons to play the videos but I didn't realise it took me about 40 minutes before I realised that to, in order for video clips to play you have to push a bar that's below where you hang pictures and at one point as well there was the picture stopped playing um, and yeah and the only way that I found out what to do is to actually look at a forum post on Steam where people were talking about what to do. Oh. Um, and it involves it involves using these kind of little red balls um, to power up the amount of plays you've got and stuff. And um, I think, yeah, and it, it took me about two, two and a half hours to complete the game the first time, um, mainly because I was kind of just kind of coasting through it um, before realising that at one point, before realising that I've been asked to accuse someone of murder, and I I not I've only seen about like three different people out of six clips, so I kind of just guessed. Um, and I've, I'm it's a lot easier to play, but that's because I kind of learned the hard way how to play, how to kind of play the game. And the game doesn't really there's not real no real tutorial. Um, there's the second time the second time the first kind of clue you get is this thing to do with a, a portrait of a key which I, I realized was supposed to be telling you what how to play the game but it doesn't make any sense the first time you play it um and it feels kind of deliberately if not deliberately i don't know i don't know perhaps i don't know whether the game doesn't realize how difficult it is to, to, to figure out what what to do and i think that's its first major stumbling block um and but i think as the second learning the mistakes or learning the hard way of what to do the second playthrough that i'm going through now is slightly easier um but i could potentially see that anyone with perhaps less patience could probably get easily frustrated with the game and kind of just not continue it there was there was a kind of two-week gap for when i got the game before picking it up again because of this um because because of struggling to play that I wasn't in a rush to play through, and it was only because I said, "Oh, I'll give this a review," um, that I came, I went back to it. Um, so I'm, I think that perhaps that could be quite a stumbling block for a few pe- for people wanting to play it. It's a bit of a shame, really, because it's a nice development of the kind of engine of previous Deveki games. It's just very frustrating that first kind of in in, in the opening, like. If you first play through, it's, it's kind of frustrating when you're not exactly sure what you're doing. Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I think you know that. Uh, I think it's it's fair if you know games, you know that you at first it's, they're mysterious and you're not sure what to do. But 
I do, it is probably a bit much that the whole playthrough that you're still figure, trying to figure out what's going on. But mm. um, and I, I mean, I know that I haven't played this game, but another game that you have played, Immortality, which I have heard people say as well that they weren't sure exactly what was happening as well. Uh, how do you compare the two? So, what do you think that Immortality does right, uh, for example, in comparison with this? So yeah, I, I in my notes I actually mentioned immortality because I was going to bring because it's interesting that you bring that up as well because immortality I think you kind of naturally end up accidentally finding the kind of and I don't, I'm, I'm not going to spoil immortality right. if anyone <laughs> yeah so if no one's played if no one's played it I beg you please play it um, but immortality I think had a very similar thing with that but the but I think but the the interaction of that is there's less margin for missing what you're supposed to be doing with immortality. So eventually you will pick it up, um, even though there is a, another key part of the gameplay of immortality. It took me ages to find how to do it, um, and it imp- increased the game for it. So there is that kind of stumbling block, and I think it's because of that that I'm still... I'm, I'm, pushing forward on a second playthrough because when I now know how the game's working or the mechanics are working, I can kind of, okay, I can start to try and enjoy this and figure out what's going on. Um, but I, I think that it's easier. It was, it was a lot quicker to get to that point with Immortality. And I think it's a lot. And I do think that Immortality as a whole has a, a more intriguing hook to bring players in because you're directly in the middle of the gameplay mechanic like the first second the first few seconds you're in immortality you're in that mechanic it took me an hour before i saw an fmv sequence in mysterious Ooh. muses in murderous muses so it took me a while to figure out how to get the fmv clips playing mm. um that, that wasn't part of like the introduction whereas immortality you are flicking through and eventually you will pick up the mechanic in that whereas i think murderous muses it isn't as immediate so I, yeah, I'm 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 hoping I'm planning to I'm playing through Murderous Muses now. I know what to do to get more of the videos, but it's not as immediate. And I think that again, that's probably more of a stumbling block than mm. I think Immortality was originally. Yeah, that's that's fair. Uh, well, look, we will uh, ask you uh, when you've played more next time <laughs> to see. Uh, hopefully, you'll enjoy this more the, se- the second time. But yeah, I do think that on one playthrough even if you don't get everything that you should probably <laughs> know what you're doing um, mm-hmm. but again I haven't played a game myself so I can't really comment but uh, yeah it, 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 it's a shame because I'd, I do kind of get it because when I saw the trailers I still didn't really know what was going on you know at least with Immortality you can kind of get more or less what the story kind of might be and I'm sure there's a big twist in that as well but with Murder's Muses I watched the trailers and I still had no idea what was going on now it could be me as well but it sounds like that's normal um, but uh, but uh, you played this on your PC uh, Matt did you? Yes yes on Steam yeah. Perfect uh, okay well look we will ask you again in the future if you choose to continue playing but uh, if you want to check it out the game is Murderous Muses and it is available on, on Steam, at least, as well. Um, so, thank you, Matt. Uh, okay, so, 
game that a game that I played. It's a kind of a little-known game as well. It's called Uncharted Roads of Marco Polo. So I don't know if I've mentioned that I was in Croatia a few weeks ago. I don't know if you guys heard if I said that. No, don't know if I mentioned that or if I posted pictures. Um, well, if uh, it, it's it's funny because in this game you also get to go to Croatia. So you play <laughs> as Oliver, and he's a twenty-something British guy trying to find his way in the world. And uh, it's been two weeks since he last heard from his father, who travelled on a work assignment, quote-unquote, to Croatia. Now, one day, he receives a package with a drawing of an historical artefact and the words Marco Polo and Kirkira. Now, he goes to his dad's study, he finds the artefact itself, and he discovers that Kirkira is another name for Kirkula, which is another name for an island in, you guessed it, Croatia, which is also, he discovers coincidentally, one of the places that Marco Polo stayed in, and it has a monastery, which, uh, if I remember correctly, has, I think, the same symbol um, that is on the artifact. So he decides to go to Croatia to find out more about his father, and uh, yeah, along the way, he gets to meet uh, some locals in Croatia, including uh, a local girl who decides to help him and to try and find out uh, more about what happened to his father. So you get to go to different cities, uh, Korkula, Zagreb, Dubrovnik, and several other locations uh, set in and around Croatia and its islands. Now, the first thing that you'll probably notice if you play the game is its visuals. So the game is 2D, and it's hand-drawn. Um, and it looks absolutely fantastic. Uh, every time you go to a new city, it has a bird's eye view of the city. And you can really tell that the developers who are from Croatia, that they really wanted to be as accurate. Now, it is a game, but it wanted to give as accurate a picture of the cities in Croatia as well. And from my experience, at least in Dubrovnik, uh, they really have got uh, the, the red roofs of the houses and it did really feel like you were in Croatia. So that is um, you know, one of the good things about this game. Uh, so it's, it's traditional point and click. There is, um, you have an icon of your backpack on the top right. And this will open up your inventory. And the inventory then appears on top of the screen. On the bottom right is a small white gears icon, which will open to the main menu. And here you can resume, save, load, quit. And then on the bottom left-hand side of your screen, you can click on a gear icon, and that serves as a hotspot finder. Now there aren't any, there aren't many hotspots in uh, every screen, but it's still, you know, I always like this option anyway. Um, so now a couple of things I did over, I did enjoy it. Um, and one of the things I liked, first of all, was that the story that it, you know, it zipped along. It's, uh, you know, you, you're not faffing around uh, try, you know in other games you might be trying to find the uh, artifact itself which might have been good but uh, you find it and then the game really starts proper in Croatia so it's you know it doesn't take too long uh, for that as well and the story is relatively fast paced you go different directions as well uh, on the you know not, on the less positive side it might have been better to take more time in some of the places I think I would have liked personally um, because the dialogues are quite short it's just you know whatever is necessary but um, I felt that you know I would have liked some even more details uh, some more writing about the cities and about the history without getting bogged down and I think, you know, it, I mean, not that it was bad, but I think it would have been nice if maybe a 
person who spoke English as a native language. Because while English itself seemed to be correct, it did seem a bit like it was translated. I don't know if you know what I mean. But it's... Um, so I would have liked that as well. Now... There are puzzles. This is a casual game. So there are puzzles, but they are very, very simple. I don't think they'll cause anybody uh, any difficulty. At least they shouldn't. Um, I mean, the, the game is humorous. It has its tongue firmly in cheek throughout most of the game. And this is with the puzzles as well. Um, you meet some very odd, very kind of, some kind of funny characters. Uh, so there's a donkey whisperer and, you know, the ministry of other people's businesses. The, the the humor I think is a bit hit and miss. I did laugh throughout the game. I did enjoy it. Um, and then the puzzles. What well, I don't think people will be playing this game for the puzzles. And they do go with the game's humor, but they're not really that logical. For example, there's you know spoiler for one of the puzzles, but you need to go to a place. There's a security guard. There's a young guy. Uh, he needs his lunch. So you then go back to the map screen and then there's a new location. You go to that location and you meet his grandmother. And his grandmother has the, has the lunch. So you get that, you know, solve a very easy puzzle to get that and you give it to him. Uh, so kind of th- things like that. Now I do kind of, you know, I don't want to be too critical because it is a mobile game. It's a casual game. Uh, so I don't think it's, you know, too big of an issue, but it kind of would take me out a little bit. Um, but it's overall, the game took me about an hour and a half. Now, it did kind of... The, the the ending was a little tiny bit jarring as well, because you're kind of going around, it's never too serious, and then all of a sudden, not going to give any spoilers, but there's a villain that appears, and personally, I would have liked the villain to have appeared earlier, or at least some cutscene with the villain just to kind of get to know who you know more about what was happening uh but it was still it was still quite good because there were some twists toward the end as well um so it it took me as I said an hour and a half overall i did enjoy it i don't think it's going to rock anyone's world by any means but if you are looking for a game to uh that you want to play on your phone for about an hour and a half you can save in the game as well as i mentioned uh and if you want to feel like you're traveling around croatia and it's it looks absolutely beautiful and i think the developers what they said was that they wanted to make uh, a casual game in the style of the old point and click games with easy puzzles and to give you a sense of traveling around croatia and i think that they have achieved those objectives um and you can get this on both apple Podcasts or well on android and uh iphone it's available on mobile i don't know what happened to developers they did say that they were looking at uh, releasing it on pc and steam but they have kind of dropped off the fa- off the face of the of the world because i tried to get in contact with them myself just to see if there's an update but i haven't heard back myself so uh, if you're listening or if anybody knows them i would love to hear more see what they're um, what they would like to do or what they're going to do next because uh, overall even though there's a few issues I still quite enjoyed it and that is Uncharted Roads of Marco Polo from Dreamtail Entertainment LTD um, so anything else you guys would like to know about it or I, mean, I think you were pretty thorough in your uh, yeah, description so of it yeah, so it's kind of, yes, you, can, you, you can tell that it's kind of, I mean, not broken, I don't like to say any game is broken sword, but you kind of like this, you know, thriller, this, you know, with a history as well. Now, it's not as good, it is a casual game, it's a short game, but I would I would recommend it. I would really recommend that people, if you want a, you know, fun time, uh, you mightn't, you know, it probably won't be the game of the year, but it's a fun time. 
I had with this game. And yes, and you can save manually. So thanks for that. If you're listening, <laughs> Dream Tale, which was very handy. <laughs> um, cool. So uh, that was again Uncharted Roads of Marco Polo. So Thomas, you uh, you're playing a game as well. So you haven't finished it, but uh, you're playing quite an interesting looking game uh, called Acolyte. So what's this game about, and what do you think so far? Yeah, this is a game that I uh, first played uh, as a demo. Um, I think it was maybe a year ago or something, and uh, I really. Um, yeah, struck my uh, interest, and uh, it is basic. Uh, you, you are a QA. Um, uh, that is a person who tests software. It could be games. Uh, in this case, it's uh, uh, it's an, it's um, uh, what's it called? <laughs> artificial intelligence. Uh, artificial intelligence uh, in the form of an assistant. And uh, you have to you have to test if everything is is correct with the thing, and if you uh, find bugs, then you have to report it. Um, and you do all this by by talking to it by typing. You, it, it is um, completely keyboard um, um, driven. You can use the mouse, but not for the talking bit. And uh, you there is this uh, this company that is run by uh, a Fiona Nightingale which is like this tech prodigy um a bit of a Elon Musk type i think i know i'm um you know uh if you say online if you say one bad word about her all these fanboys come swarming you that that kind of that kind of thing oh lovely <laughs> so you've been hired uh, for the uh, in the QA department uh to uh, uh, to go ahead and uh, test this uh, this AI, um, but obviously there's going to be there's there's more there because uh, once you start testing, something happens, and um, something really weird happens, and then you get uh, get an email from uh, someone called um, uh, Deep Names. It's obviously based on Deep Throat from uh, from the water the Watergate scandal. Who tells you that in order to uh, to find out what is really going on, you need to jailbreak your uh, your device or your your assistant, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, what are you going to do? Are you going to uh, go uh, follow the company line, or are you going to go and say, "Hey, there is something wrong here"? And that way, you get you get you're getting deeper and deeper into this AI. And um, yeah, I. I've I've only just started, so I I haven't played it uh, that far yet. But um, it's it's really cool. <laughs> uh, so, so far, it, it looked good. Um, it's it's not that complicated, but the difficulty here also is like you have to come up with the right questions, and you have to come up with the right things to ask because you're all typing it in. So it's not like you can just go click on combine inventory items or whatever. No, that doesn't work like that. Uh, but um, bit by bit, you you, you find out more. Uh, and yeah, you try to uh, yeah find out what is going on with this company. And, yeah, my first impression is really is good uh, so far. So I, I, I can't tell you yet how <laughs> it ends because I haven't, I haven't reached that point yet. Uh, once I do, I will tell you. But yeah, it's, um, it, it, it has been on my radar for quite a while, and I finally uh, uh, decided to, uh, to dive into it. So yeah. Cool. So so far, you are you're into the game. You're intrigued. You want to keep playing. 
definitely intrigued. Yes. And how, how long have you have you played so far, more or less? Um, I think about an hour or three, uh, maybe four. Yeah, three and a half hours so far. Okay, so it's... um, yeah, considering the fact that you're just constantly typing and everything, it's and you, but you're also like uh, um, you're also going on Google, like not in the game, but outside of the game to look up things. Oh, and, okay. Um, yeah, that was one one thing where he uh, where they say, well, hey, uh, I can't find this article. Uh, I'm I'm limited to finding this article, but you can. So I went to Google and I I filled in the uh, the, the the search words and I found an article uh, about this. So then I put the article back into the <laughs> back into the into the game. And it responded, and like now I have to. I, I decided to try and jailbreak the um, the the AI, but to do that, I have to actually go into the game, like not playing the game, but go to the the folder where the game is installed and remove a specific uh, file. It's a text file, so I guess it's it's fine. Um, so I'm. Flash. I'm getting uh-huh. flashbacks to looking at the floppy at the back of the CD case in Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. yes. <laughs> okay. I I don't know um, uh, what happens there, but uh, yeah, it 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 requires you to do things both in the game and outside the game because you're it, it and it blurs kind of the 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 lines between. Um, yeah, am I actually playing or am I doing this now? It's also funny because there was uh, there was a, a, a name of another company mentioned. So I thought, hey, let's look up that company. And I found a Twitter page and I was like, is this now? Is this a real company or is this for the game? I couldn't tell. Wow. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was confused. Like I, I, I actually, I, I, judging by the, 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 the web page, I thought, well, this, this looks kind of real. So maybe this is probably a real, a real company that uh, used uh, something of the, of the name or because it was already active since 2014. So like, mm, it would be very, uh, <laughs> but stuff like that. Like I was really getting, uh, seeing all the blurred lines between the game and, um, yeah, and, and real life. So, uh, it was time to stop at that point, I think, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it is an intriguing game so far. Cool, it's really yeah, a detec- it's a real detective game in, the, in that way. Yeah, it sounds really interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the first time I've heard about it. Sorry, Matt. No, it's, it, it, it sounds very similar to um, I is it ARGs. Um, I've not I've not played them for absolutely years. Well, I think it's the alternative reality games, mm. more or less, where you have to kind of use the internet to look for things in a certain way, but it feels like you're in. This, like yes, just, I, yeah. yeah, and I, I believe. Uh, no, I haven't played this game yet myself, but it sounds similar as well in form of looking up Google, like Ch- Chinatown Detective Agency, which had you do that as well. Uh, but this sounds like it was effective because if Thomas, if you were thinking, is this real? Is this not real? Uh, ooh, what's going on here? Then I think it uh, it did a pretty good job so far. So you 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 think you'll be playing more of it in the in oh, yeah. the days and weeks to come. I'm going to be playing more of it. I'm going to see if it if it works on the Steam Deck as well. Uh, if I don't have to, um, mm. uh, as uh, if I don't have to start over, um, I don't think so because I actually had a uh, had my PC crash because I did something st- stupid, and uh, I I, I uh, only had to uh, replay one bit. So uh, I think the game saves automatically almost immediately. So 
Um, and once you leave the game, it saves as well. I th- that's the impression. I'd, I'd never had to save the game, and the last time I could just continue where I left off. Oh, okay. so uh, yeah, I, I guess that is uh, that is how it should work. Must make you very happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, exactly. Look, if you quit the game and then you start the game again, you start from where you left off. That's that's all that I want. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> cool. Well, that sounds really interesting. I might see if I can check it out. If again, time permitting, it's and that is Acolyte, and you were playing it from Steam. Uh, yes, I'm playing it on Steam. Um, yeah. Well, probably we'll include the Steam uh, the Steam link and uh, uh, the official website as well as the official website if it if it has one, and people can find out where they would uh, where they want to buy it from there. So thank you, Thomas. And now to the end of uh, this review episode, um, Matt, you played a game, uh, Dreams in the Witch House. Now, I interviewed the developer a couple of months back, um, and I really want to play the game but because I'm very, very intrigued by it. But uh, but you have played it. So again, what set us up. Uh, what is this game about for anyone who might not have heard, listened to that interview or just gives them a refresher? And uh, what did you think? Uh, well, firstly, I think it was listening to that interview that got me to buy this game. So, uh, oh well, a, so it works. The, the people who are interviewed on this podcast, uh, interviewing about their games, can work. It can get people to buy their games. <laughs> is what you're saying? <laughs> yes, yes, it does. Yeah, um, I need to stop. I need to stop listening to this podcast. He's <laughs> making me spend money. Um, but yeah, so it was, I know the feeling. Yeah. Yeah, Sue's Rain was another one. Um, (laughs) You're welcome. Yeah, but yeah, but um, yeah. So it was because of that uh, because I think the 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 conversation that you had was kind of intriguing. And I'm not much of a horror fan, and love all I know of Lovecraft is there's a big purple octopus in one of the stories. So that's my knowledge of Lovecraft completely gone. But the thing that fascinated me was the idea of an open world kind of was the open world nature of it um so that's what that's what attracted me to it uh anyway so for anyone who's not not aware who has yet who has yet to listen to that interview um dreams in the witch house is an adaptation of a lovecraft short story i think it was um with setting 1922 you play walter gilman who's a promising math student and he's just moved to the city of arkham in massachusetts um to study at at the uh, Miskatonic University. So he moves into a boarding house and he goes into... and he's in a room which has a bit of a dubious reputation. Um, but uh, just Walter, the character, doesn't really bother with those kind of rumours. In fact, he's kind of intrigued because he's very much interested in kind of supernatural... because uh, he's writing a paper about the link between maths and the supernatural. Um, but when he gets into his room, there's weird sounds that start to ha- that come from the walls. There's a weird slope shape in the wall, and as he starts going to goes to university or college to study, um, basically live like <laughs> live the student life as a student would live it in 1929. Weird things start to happen. Ooh. And the player is then just given kind of free reign to do whatever the hell they want. So, it, so uh, is, is it actually, well, more or less open world? Is Do you, do you think that's true? I, I think, yeah, because 
I've I I can't think of any other point and click adventure game that works in this way. Uh, so basically, what you can do is pretty much you've got about two months of in-game time, so the time always moves. So every action, every screen you go to moves at like kind of a clock, and then you'll find that you're from morning to afternoon to evening to dusk to night. Um, so the game will the time the game clock will always keep ticking through, and you've got about two months of game time to do things. Um, and for the majority of my game, for the majority of my first playthrough, I was going to university, studying, trying to buy food, um, trying to trying pretty much trying to stay alive, do other things. I'll get to in a moment just to carry on, and then realizing that. Um, Realizing that after trying to balance this section out, that crap, I've realized that I've not really delved into the story yet. Um, and then, pretty much, in the like with about a quarter of the game time left, started figuring out where some of these game puzzles and the point and click adventure stuff was happening. So, it is very much open world, and you can kind of focus on all different, all these different things with this kind of survival mechanic, which again is very kind of almost unique to a point and click adventure game. And so what you've got, you've got uh, the game, it's got a point, usual point and click interface, you've got your inventory at the top as well as your walk, look, pick up, whatever but you've also got things like sanity, health, hunger uh, dryness heat, warmth uh, sanity and what happens is every so often when you do things you'll, you'll find these stats begin to change so um, if you're wandering around for ages, you'll start to get tired and fatigued. Walter will start saying that he's really tired, so you can either drink some coffee um, or just go to bed and study. Um, like you, You'll find yourself hungry, so you've got to find food, so you can either buy rations from a shop or go to a go to a cafe to eat a, a, a full-cooked meal. Um, all this thing, all this costs money you get an allowance from your aunt every monday in game as in the clock not every monday real life that when because of the the calendar every week you get an allowance so you get and so you have to kind of spend or save that money there are opportunities to get money um but there's this whole survival mechanic coming in but then as the game plot elements come in those they can start having an effect on those qualities so for example uh walter will start to have dreams that he can't understand and there are dreams where you suddenly go into this weird like labyrinth maze um things happen and your sanity drops uh like at some point at some point there's a there's a mouse with a human face that kind of keeps coming out at night and keeps waking up walter so you'll wake up and you're still fatigued and you've not really had a good night's sleep, and then halfway through the day, Walter pretty much feels like he's starting to get tired, he, he can't concentrate, and if you try and study, he wants to do. Um, he gets irritable when he's in dialogue and everything. Uh, yeah, and you have to kind of then try and solve that through the survival stuff, but then when you're trying... So if you've got some money to buy some stuff, you might get mugged and lose it, and then get... <laughs> then get, like, your health drops and stuff, and it's... It becomes quite quite suspenseful in that you're trying to balance kind of living living life as a student in 1929 with potentially supernatural elements in the plot as well, and it's it's quite involving. And 
the first, my first playthrough was trying to balance and get used to that section, and for some reason it didn't feel like it was repetitive. It, I, I felt like I had to kind of try and keep staying alive and trying to keep these balances. Um, yeah, it's just there's just something about the game which keeps your attention that way. Cool. So that like it it worked for you then. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And um, I think I'm in my second playthrough and quite a few of the things that I found near the end of the game I was able to get earlier in the time frame. So I was, I'm starting to kind of find these kind of like puzzle paths, like the puzzle dependency paths that you'll find in other games um, a lot sooner. So I'm starting to find other parts of puzzles that I didn't have time to because of the game time, because I spent so long trying to study to get an A in the maths test. Um <laughs> yeah, yeah so- uh, sounds like real life <laughs> yeah yeah um, so I'm finding these things as well so like I'm starting to learn more of the game more hands but I think unlike Murderous Muses um, where it seemed, where the first playthrough didn't feel like much at least I, I was get, I was understanding how the game works and the survival aspects works on this and it invites it really does invite a kind of replay particularly because uh, because of the end, one of the endings that I got that I had to go on I've got to go and play it again anyway. Um, yeah, it's 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 a very interesting kind of way of doing it. Open world aspect it means that you can pretty much try and do as try and do different things in terms of the point and click stuff. It doesn't really give you a direction, like direction at first. You kind of stumble into the puzzles themselves. Uh, but there's a to, there's a handy to do list um, that Walter keeps that you keep referring to. Um, but and there's only about four or five different locations you can go to at first and it probably expands about two or three more uh so it doesn't feel like it's a vast open world stuff but i think as a kind of almost experiment in kind of like the traditional point and click aspect of it i think it works really well um the only the only other kind of game i can think of that's remotely like it is disco elysium Uh, in terms of how kind of non-linear that that could be, but there's a more there's a more of a traditional point-and-click element aspect and a more dependency on survival with this, and it it just I am quite surprised that it, I didn't get bored with it or I didn't find the survival aspects cumbersome because certain points where plot developments happen and certain uh, and certain uh, stats drop. Um, it adds the tension where like like crap I need to go and f- I need to find a way of getting money to buy painkillers so that Walter can actually do stuff um, but then then you're trying to do things you're trying to do things to make money or to find foods to be able to kind of go back to health then other things happen and it's the tension of the game works quite well in that regard and yeah just hooked me in and I can't recommend it enough Nice. Well, I'm delighted to hear. Uh, I really, sounds really good. Yeah, it sounds like it'd be a right up our alley. And, and I, what, what I like as well, Matt, is that you said at the beginning that you're not really a Lovecraft fan. So this isn't really just made for Lovecraft fans, that you still really enjoyed it. But it sounds like if you are a Lovecraft fan, that uh, like also, yes, like Thomas. And I, I kind of am as well. I'm in the middle. It's not that I don't like him. I just <laughs> don't know as much, like, say, as Thomas, you would. But... Um, no, it sounds fantastic. I really need, need to, to play. It sounds, again, like a very well-made game that it is replayable and you get different experiences and that you have kind of freedom to 
play the game the way that you want to. Yeah, I'm quite interested to see if anyone plays this and picks up on, on some of the concepts and ideas it has for the open world nature of this, or the kind of freedom to do things, and and how how people might take that aspect and improve on it, and or to do more interesting things with it. And I think it's a very interesting, or I'm hoping it's like a signal for interesting things to happen with future games because of I quite like. I quite like how it's implemented this kind of do what you want, do what you want or stumble into things. It works really well. So I'm kind of hoping this influences other people to, or other developers to think, oh, maybe I could incorporate something like that into other games and stuff. So, yeah, it's I, I think it's a very interesting game to play, particularly if, particularly if um, you're into that sort of stuff. Um, there is an easy mode, so which kind of tweaks a few of the stats and gives you more money each month. So if people want to focus more on the story and not wanting to kind of be um, too dependent on the survival stuff, you can do that. On the flip side, there's a hard, there's a normal mode, there's a hard mode, and there's even an Iron Man mode. Wow. Oh, has, Jesus! Yeah, yeah, the Iron Man mode pretty much says that if if, if you get to the point where your character dies. That's it. It automatically it removes all every save game from that playthrough. Wow! Yeah. So yeah. this is you pretty. Can't, you can't do anything anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So that's <laughs> yeah. So it's 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 one of those kind of things. So but you, yeah. So you've got even like the hard, you've got the hard mode, and you've got the kind of like yeah. I'm <laughs> the real horror horror mode. I'm too scared to play the Iron Man mode. Yeah, there's there's like for instance, um, Subnautica also has an Iron Man mode. There's no way I'm gonna play that because I wouldn't last at all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, and, and I think it took me eight hours to get through my first playthrough, and I don't want to really get to a point where I'm at seven point five, like seven and a half hours, like near the end, and then suddenly I starve to death, <laughs> and I'm like, no. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, sounds fantastic. I think uh, Thomas, you and I will definitely have to have to play this at some point. Um, I have it installed on the Steam Deck. Uh, I it, just it is playable. Play, uh, just, some, yeah, it's uh, apparently it is play playable. First. Yeah, no, it's always there's so so much choice, so many games to play. But I think this will have moved up my list of games to play. Um, and, uh, and I know the developer was talking about making the game more playable on the Steam Deck. Uh, and he has added uh, bug bug fixes as well, but no, I'm delighted to to hear that you enjoyed. It's also pixel art for what for people who like that as well. It yeah. looks great as well. Um, but yeah, you like to look at the game as well, Matt. Yeah, the game looks nice. Um, it's not animations aren't overly complicated, so mm. but it looks nice. That the, the scenery is quite nice. Um, it's quite creepy when it has to be. Um, the, cool. the rat when you see it is kind of <laughs> almost grotesque uh, it's quite grotesque um, I've seen a couple of people mention about that they're a bit dismayed there's no voice acting I don't, I don't think it loses anything with it having no voice acting I think because it is just pretty much reading text I, th- I, I, I think it's fine um, it kind of adds to the creepy factor in some places um, but yeah I think it's it looks nice it's it's basically The Sims meets Monkey Lo- Island. M- meets Lovecraft. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's me sold. 
Um, well, thank you for that, Matt. And of course, for people who want to know even more about the game, non-spoilers uh, about the developer, you can listen to my interview with uh, the developer um, uh, Atom Brain Games is a developer and find out more about that but I think myself and Thomas will hopefully be able to play this game at some point this year uh, but it sounds absolutely fantastic so that's Dreams in the Witch House which is available on Steam and playable on the Steam Deck uh, so thank you for that Matt and thanks for joining us uh, that is the that's it for this review episode uh, how was it for, for you Matt <laughs> will, will you come back again I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, no, I enjoy it. Thank you for having me on. No, th- uh, thank you very much. You have to, you have to keep trying to, uh, to you know, to to destroy this podcast from within. We'll, we'll, yes. we'll, we'll allow you more opportunities as well. I mean, but good luck. I mean, myself and Thomas have been doing this for five years, and we're still going. So. Yeah, I think I think it's I think it's time to see to find enjoyment of someone else failing to derail this podcast. So. <laughs> five years, man. We, this is our this fifth. Well, this is our fifth season. So four and a half mm-hmm. years now. It's it's insane. Wow. Uh, we're coming up to episode 200, which might be able to be by the end of this, uh, I mean, 200 official episodes, I say. We have other bonus and extra episodes, but uh, mm-hmm. they'll be coming up very soon as well. And, uh, and Wow. Yeah. So, and there's still plenty more to come. So, I uh, also forgot to mention, we have a YouTube channel, believe it or not, and we are going to start putting more, well, videos. So, uh, these reviews um, that you can also see, first of all, a trailer of every game and then screenshots while we're talking. Um, so, you can see, you know, pixel art, or however it looks, so pixel art and dreams in the witch house and kind of give you more of an idea of what the games are like. And there'll be individual reviews, so not two hour uh, recording time on YouTube. Um, but, uh, and uh, we'll, I'll also be bad as mentioned, there'll be more interviews that I did. I've uploaded my interview with Jorg uh, Tittle, the developer of The Last Worker, uh, who was kind enough to. Uh, to invite me uh, to his balcony, invite me for tea and talk about his game, which was lovely as well. And that interview has just gone up on Monday. And more to come, my interviews at WASD with Dave Gilbert, John Ingold, and uh, plenty more, as well as podcast interviews um, that are recorded, you know, with uh, no background noise uh, as well. Um, and so yeah plenty more and I'll also be joined uh, I believe Kieran and Amy will be will be reviewing Pause of Coal uh, I'll be reviewing The Pale Beyond and Kieran will be reviewing Birth and uh, Tron Identity a new Tron game which I'm also playing at the moment so hopefully I'll be able to finish it by then uh, are you guys playing anything at the moment uh, Matt are you playing anything I know with all your podcasts um, at the moment, no. I've just I've just recently played Perfect Tides. Oh, uh, right. So I just finished I just finished that. Although I need to play it again because I I don't think I got the good ending. Oh, <laughs> uh, I know Kieran really really liked it. So. Oh, it's oh the the writing's brilliant. Um, yeah, it's opening it's opening far too many kind of repressed teenage wounds of mine. <laughs> I'm just regressing as I play it. But it's, it's so good, but it's reminding me of me. Oh, oh well, I'll have to play another game <laughs> I'll have to, to play as well. And you, Thomas, yeah. you're, uh, uh, well, maybe Acolyte, or are you playing anything at the moment? Well, obviously, I'm going to be playing Acolyte. Uh, I'm still finishing up the DLC for um, Midnight Suns. And um, 
yeah, I'm gonna see what else. <laughs> see what yeah, I've dreamed of the witch house. I think it's based on a dreams of the unknown Gadath or something like that. I'm, uh, of a short there's a story, lot of yeah. uh, dreams are very important in uh, Lovecraftian lore. So yeah, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see. And every every month you get new great games coming in, and it's, it's so hard to keep track of everything. And yeah, yeah. Well, we, we'll do our best. We have uh, we have a team now. We have a. Uh, about seven, eight people uh, here as well. So thank you to, to you guys and to everyone else, to Jared for editing the podcast. We'll be hearing from him as well. He'll be reviewing the Tartarus Key at some point in the near future, next few weeks. Uh, Kieran, him again, he'll also be reviewing Firmament. And as I said, he's actually played the Myth Games. He'll be giving it a fair shot, whatever he thinks of it, and uh, more as well. And hopefully we'll be hearing from Laura again and Rose as well uh, at some point in the near future as well. Um, so thank you guys Uh, thank you Thomas great to speak to you again and thank you Matt for joining us we hope you'll uh, join us again very soon Uh, so that's it for for now take care everyone okay bye bye and keep on questing bye so if you like the Adventure Games podcast then please subscribe rate and review wherever you listen to podcasts please leave a review on itunes if you can as every review helps and reviews will help get the word out especially for adventure game developers who appear on the podcast now you can also follow me on social media you can follow me on twitter at advent game pod and follow me on facebook at adventure games podcast you can also follow me on instagram at adventure games podcast as well and we're also on discord at adventure games podcast so if you are a adventure game developer or a adventure game player you can follow us there so again please feel free to retweet and share podcast episodes and the podcast to people who you believe may enjoy it and you can also find more information about the podcast on www.adventuregamespodcast.com so until next time thank you